Okay. Well, soup is, I think soup's that, that hot too. Okay. Soup is a good well, weapon. I mean, it's not a bad weapon. Soup in a water gun? Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys Podcast, a member of the Crossing Broads Podcast Network. I am Coach Gary. With me, as always, Mr. Kyle Pagan, and back on the ones and twos, Mr. Jason Green, producer Jason. But before we get into today's episode, let me tell you about our new sponsor, three-dimensional physical therapy. Tired of pretending that nagging pain in your back and shoulder or knee isn't really bothering you? You don't need to wait for a doctor's appointment, x-rays, or pain pills. You can see a physical therapist just like the pros, and get help faster at three-dimensional physical therapy. Three-dimensional physical therapy are the specialists in sports and orthopedic PT that can get you moving again pain-free. 3D PT is owned by a physical therapists, not a hospital or physician group. Their only focus is getting you back to your best health possible, whether it's getting back out to the gym, golfing without pain, or even taking a tackle from Alex Singleton. You can get one-on-one time with a physical therapist and personal care. They have five locations in South Jersey and are voted the best of South Jersey. Three-dimensional physical therapy will get you moving again. Their info is linked below or visit 3dpt.com. I'm going to go off script here. I personally have been a patient of 3DPT. They have an unmatched culture. If you get hurt in the Philadelphia or South Jersey area, there's nowhere better to do your physical therapy than 3DPT. All right, everybody. Before we get into today's episode, we're going to go ahead and give away some mid-season Sixers awards that Kyle decided he was going to give out and record completely on his own. So no one has any idea what these are going to be. So let's go ahead and kick it to Kyle for his Fugazi Awards. All right, let's get into it. We got 14 mid-season 2020-2021 Sixers awards right before the All-Star break. The first one, what is it you do here? Award goes to Terrence Ferguson, basically just collecting stimulus money at this point. The Sports Radio Caller Delaware Valley Dad Mispronunciation Award goes to Seth Curry because, let's be honest, if you're watching with your dad around Christmas time and Seth Curry was lighting it up, there's a 100% probability that your dad called him Steph Curry. The John Paul Getty Award. Now, you might not remember this one. John Paul Getty was the grandson of the oil tycoon, uh, J. Paul Getty. Basically, was the richest man in the world at one time. So John Paul Getty, the grandson, gets kidnapped by the Italian mafia. They won $100 million for him in today's money, $17 million back then. Now, keep in mind, this is the richest guy in the world, worth $7 billion in today's money. They wanted $100 million, would have been a drop in the bucket. J. Paul Getty says no. Legitimately, the guy didn't pay until the mafia sent his grandson's ear to him in the mail. So after this point, J. Paul Getty was like, okay, whatever, we probably have to pay now. I got, you know, my grandson's ear in my uh, in my mailbox. So he, he negotiates it down to $2.2 million at that time, which is $12 million today. $12 million for a billionaire. So basically, you're, you're just putting a bl- price on blood. So really, all I'm trying to say is Tyrese Maxey is falling out of favor with Doc Rivers. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. And I'm pretty sure if the Celtics kidnapped him and threatened Doc with a ransom, there's no chance he'd be paying until they sent like one of like Tyrese's like dreads back in the mail or something like that. Over the last eight games, Tyrese has three did-not-plays and averaging only 12 million during that stretch, an opportunity for him to shine without Shake Milton. And it looked like Isaiah Joe actually took his minutes. You can blame it on the rookie wall, I understand that, where he just needs to adjust, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Sixers are more willing to part with him now than they were earlier in the season, and also hot seat, prime maxi season on Twitter. The next award is the I Had a Dream Award. Uh, I'm done taking NyQuil and watching Sixers highlights before bed because I just dreamt about the other day Furkan Korkmaz in traffic through the legs dunk on the Mavericks. So um, that's the I Had a Dream Award. The next award is the King Moon Racer Award for Shake Milton. If you get this deep cut right off the bat, go get yourself checked and get a life. A King Moon Racer, many of you might remember from the Land of Misfit Toys in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Classic. If there was ever an island of misfit toys, it's the Sixers bench, and it's led by the sixth man of the year candidate, Shake Milton, who just got back from injury. Doc Rivers told reporters, Ben, Joe, or Tobias will always be on the floor because he can't rely solely just on the bench. Second half of the season, when Joel sits out, those six back-to-backs that are scheduled, Sixers are going to need Shake to pull his weight down the stretch, which he's capable of doing, as he was averaging the fifth most points by a player with under 10 starts before injury. Now, he'll need to get his assist numbers up, and his three-point shooting percentage, which is at 43%, the two games he's been back. I know it's a small sample size and whatnot, but let's see. Maybe he can start deciding who stays and who goes on the island. The Will Ferrell I Am a Legitimate Star Award goes to no other than Joel Embiid. So the year that Will Ferrell 
was off of Saturday Night Live was 2002. Listen to these movies he ripped off in one year. Old School, Elf, and Anchorman from 03 to 04. Imagine Elf is like your, your first movie that's your leading role, and it's arguably the best movie you've ever had. So, I mean, he's coming out as SNL. The, the pressure on Will Ferrell, is he, is he still good without the marketing machine of NBC? Where does he really fit in the realm of Hollywood and whatnot? And then you go off for like 30 and 11 while leading your team to the first in the East. So Embiid's last year. Has a kid, gets an Under Armour shoe deal. Big men never get shoe deals. Front runner for NBA MVP, first in the East, all-star starter, and an all-NBA first team for the first time ever is on the horizon. So less than a year after uh, a bunch of idiots were, were calling for him to be traded for him shushing the crowd, you know, we have a perennial all-star and one of the best players in the NBA. The painting was a Gift Todd Award. That goes to Matisse Thibel, who was actually named after French artist Henry Matisse. Matisse has been traded by more people than oil recently, and it looks like Kyle Lowry's coming here. So thanks for the, uh, the, the mural in Fishtown, but probably gonna get thrown in another trade package for, uh, for Kyle Lowry, so. The Lionel Richie. Hello, is it threes you're looking for? That goes to Danny Green. Saw a picture of Danny and, and Lionel uh, next to each other the other day, and uh, it's shocking how much they actually look alike. Like Danny is probably the most, like Danny looks more like Lionel Richie than Nicole Richie looks like Lionel Richie. So there's no, there's no denying it. Danny Green is probably the most frustrating player on the Sixers. He'll go over nine from three against Atlanta. The next night he'll go nine from 21 against Miami. He's only shooting 38% on the season, 28% in the final three minutes of quarters, which is never good, especially at the end of games. After starting off the year terrible from three, he's bounced back. I think he was shooting like 21% or 28% in, in December, but in February, he's shooting 42% from three. So those numbers are coming up. Um, so yeah, so if he's not in the Kyle Lowry trade package, uh, we're going to need those numbers pumped up because uh, those are rookie numbers, baby. Mm-hmm. The Adam Scott Guy with Two First Names Award, named after the actor from Step Brothers and Parks and Rec. That goes to Paul Reed. The Ryan Felipe Better Off-Camera Performance Award. That one goes to Mike Scott. So, Ryan Felipe, Philly guy, go ahead and name me the title of, uh, of the ABC drama that Ryan Felipe is on right now. Three, two, one. You don't know either. No one knows. I'm not shaming Ryan Felipe. Listen, the guy married Reese Witherspoon. That counts for something, but... My favorite Ryan Felipe is, is the one that's off camera. You know, the guy, he tweets, he's funny. He talks about Philly sports all the time. You know, I read more about Ryan Felipe than I do watching Ryan Felipe. So that's why Mike Scott gets this award. Great guy, no, no denying that, but, uh, but definitely known more off the court than on the court. You know, the Mike Scott Hive, getting in Josh Jackson's face, I ain't no bitch comments, and beating up two fat Eagles fans at the tailgate. Like those memories will be far more remembered than anything Mike Scott did on the court during his time uh, with the Sixers. Um, so, and honestly, this, this award could probably be named the Miles Teller Better Off-Camera Performance Award if, uh, if Top Gun 2 bombs, so we'll see that. The most likely to be cast in a Game of Thrones Dothraki spinoff award, Vincent Poirier. Not much else to say here. The Damn He's Bringing Her Out With Him Award. That's for Dwight Howard. So, you ever been in those scenarios that's like one of your best friends you have, he's, he's got a wife or he's got a girlfriend, she might be new, a girlfriend, and you just dread going out with her? They either fight every time they go out to the bar or she always wants to go home early even though you haven't seen your buddy in like two months and you guys don't really hang out anymore and doesn't really like ever respond to the group text and whatnot. We've all been there. But then there's that one night, the stars align and she just puts it all together. And she's a great hang. She's like engaging in conversation with your girlfriend or your friend. She's, she's taking shots when the one guy, the shot guy orders around to them. And it actually has a couple of one-liners that hit and you can't believe it. And she's putting up a stat line of like nine, 17 rebounds, two blocks while the starting big man is on the bench in foul trouble. Her usage rate is through the roof. And you wonder why she can't give you these type of minutes every time you go out day in and day out. That's the damn he's bringing her Dwight Howard Award. The Adam Scott Guy With Two First Names Award, named after Masters champ Adam Scott. It's awarded to Isaiah Joe. And last but not least, the Jennifer Lawrence Are They Good Award. That goes to Tobias Harris. So you know Jennifer Lawrence burst onto the scene, won an Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook in 2013, an A-list actress all around. There's no denying that, sure. But when have you ever gone to anyone and been like, I'm gonna go into the movies for Jennifer Lawrence? Like Jennifer Lawrence is as good as the cast she surrounds herself with. You know, hides her limitations. Bradley Cooper, X-Men, American Hustle. Yeah, 
Tobias Harris is having a great season, but largely in part due to his supporting cast. He's stringing together his own 2013 Jennifer Lawrence year, but you'll wait for this movie to come out on demand before you pay any money to go see it in theaters. So those are the Sixers 2020-2021 Midseasons Awards. Now let's get over to Ken from Three Dimensional Physical Therapy to get into the Tiger Woods injury. All right, to get a little bit more insight on Tiger Woods, the news and the injury and the forthcoming um, recovery, we brought we bring on uh, Dr. Ken Gazzardo, uh, Three Dimensional Physical Therapy, a good friend of ours. He's also a sponsor of ours. Ken, welcome to the Water Boys Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. So we want to ask you because the golf world's a little bit in shock again because Tiger's now injured, most likely not going to be, you know, playing golf anytime soon. Can you kind of take us through the injuries he was like withstood and what we're kind of looking at going forward in terms of a, like a comeback for Tiger? Yeah, for sure, guys. So uh, just reading about what's what's out there with his injury. So he broke his uh, the, both the bones in his shin and he broke his ankle. Um, and not only did he break it, but they kind of exploded, basically. So uh, uh, the word comminuted fracture means that there's just pieces of bone um, and it was open. So there's pieces of bone kind of sticking out. Um, so he had to get rods put in to fix those bones. Um, the main bone that I think is going to affect him is called the talus. So it's a bone in the ankle itself. So for golfers, I mean, he needs that rotation to be able to get into a backswing, to be able to get into that follow through. Um, so depending what they had to do with the talus, I think is going to be, uh, you know, pretty telling on his recovery end. Um, and then lastly, he had something called a fasciotomy on top of all that. So there's different compartments in the leg. And the doctors had to literally open up one of the compartments. So put a big slice down the outside of his leg so that too much pressure didn't get put on the blood vessels and the nerves and he didn't have to lose his leg ultimately. Jesus. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. My God. What's the, what's the timetable look like this? And, and to follow up on that question, like, have you ever dealt like this at, at three-dimensional? Uh, so probably never this exact combination. I've dealt with each piece of this, um, but never this combination. So, you know, dealing with just the fasciotomy part, right? So once they kind of close the skin off, once they let the, the, the wound heal, there's a lot of rehab that goes into teaching that muscle in the front of the leg, how to pick the foot up again. So I don't know if you guys saw like the Alex Smith, like, you know, that, uh, what was it called? Project 11, but that was a lot of the work that he had done was stripping away fascists, stripping away muscles and, and trying to teach his leg to move again. Honestly, the easiest part of all this is the rods in the shin bones. Those are kind of relatively common. Um, you know, and people come back from injuries like that all the time. Um, for Tiger, uh, again, the toughest thing that I think is going to be for him is, is going to be that ankle itself. So depending what they had to do with that talus is really going to depend on the, the recovery itself, Kyle. So you know, if they just had to like basically put some bones back together and he's able to still move that ankle close to normal, which they'll know a couple months afterwards, you know, then he could potentially, you know, start hitting some balls again and, and feel good. You know, I would imagine six months down the road, if they had to like fuse the ankle or if they had to do something where he's drastically going to lose a lot of motion in that foot and ankle, that's the part that's going to be an issue. Cause you know, you figure his swing, he's already torn up his left knee. He's on his fifth back surgery. The amount of torque he's got to put through his swing is it's pretty significant. Um, and just judging what that right ankle is going to have to do, especially being his trail leg, having to get into that backswing and rotate to get into that follow through. That's going to be really a challenge for him. So what does it kind of compound with um, his back? Because we, like you mentioned, he's on his fifth back surgery. I believe one was a fusion, I guess the good thing for him is he'll have access to the second best physical therapist in the world if he's not going to 3D. <laughs> but what kind of the the repair of the legs, how do that kind of like flow with the back? Because I know I, 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 he was on on Sunday talking about waiting for something to heal before he was going to get a next MRI. Obviously, I don't know if that really matters now, but what kind of what what's the correlation between the leg now the leg rehab and the back rehab that he's already been undertaking yeah so golf is is all about rotation right so with the stress that he's already got through his back and the surgeries it's just showing that he's doing something with his rotation the amount of torque he's th putting through his body that his spine just can't tolerate and previously that his left leg couldn't tolerate 
so for him, you know, it, it, it's kind of the equivalent to sweeping the, the dust under the carpet. You know, eventually it's going to come back to bite you. So that's why this back keeps getting beaten up every single couple of years. Um, how is it going to correlate, Gary? You know, already he was trying to maximize the parts of his body that he had and his back was breaking down because of it. So now you're taking out a big chunk of rotation starting from that trail ankle, which is where he's got to be able to rock back into a backswing and transition into a follow through, but he's got to put that force somewhere. So if he wants to swing a club again, he's going to have to figure out how to transition that force. Um, you know, all the rehab he did for his back, I, I, I hope to anything that his back's okay. I'm sure the doctors right now, you know, I'm sure they're just worried about saving his leg and, you know, keeping him from getting infections and, and making sure everything heals right. You know, but if he injured it that bad and he's kind of relatively fresh out of a back surgery, I, I just hope his back is okay with all this too. So uh, the timetable I saw nine to 12 months and you, and you, you mentioned the infection. So, you know, nine to 12 months is, is hopeful. Now, if this gets infected or, or or rehab maybe not go well, like is there a is there a later? Are we talking like fourteen, maybe seventeen months? That like is this an injury that will take time to heal and has a high threshold of of maybe getting an infection or something? Well, that's else? kind of what happened with For Alex sure. Smith, right? Then he battle an infection. A hundred percent. Yeah. Anytime there's an open fracture, anytime the bone is through the skin, there's a risk of infection. Um, right. So Alex Smith, you figure if, if, that his recovery, he was looking good for a day or two and then developed that necrotizing fasciitis and then had to go through everything he went through. So anytime that bones through the skin, there's an issue um, with the injury that reading about the description that Tiger went through. Uh, I mean, it was I'm assuming a crush injury that just caused, like I said, just an explosion of that ankle. Um, so, Kyle, to your point. You know, I'm thinking he might be able to start swinging a club six months, but it's going to take him a long time to get back up to his level. I mean, I'm sure he could beat me tomorrow playing golf, but it's going to take him a long time to be able to get back. Like this injury, uh, again, guys, if anybody can bounce back, it's Tiger. I think yeah. enough people counted him out before, um, you know, especially with him winning the Masters a couple of years ago. That was awesome. So if anybody can do it, it's him. But this is potentially like a, a career ending injury with everything that he's already had gone through. I would guess I would assume it would have to be more of a le- more or less if he does come back a clear altering injury too, because you you mentioned the rotation and the power he has to generate. You would assume that that's probably become limited since he's being repaired yet again. Was that would you assume that when he comes back, he's going to be shorter off the tee, you know, being having to play his irons longer and kind of that kind of game just to kind of find power with his longer clubs? For sure, for sure. Um, even just coming up to address the ball, like it wouldn't surprise me if he's got to toe out a little bit on that back leg, just to be able to get into his backswing. Cause he's going to lose that, that rotation of the shin and the ankle. Um, the bone he shattered in his ankle, the, the talus, it's the only bone that no muscles attached to. So the only thing that moves this bone is gravity and the rotation in the tibia in the shin bones rotates that bone. When he goes into his backswing, it rotates the bone the other way. So if all of that is fused and stuck, there's nothing that's going to generate the beginning of that rotation. Um, so it's just like if you're trying to whip somebody with a towel and you kind of hold it back and whip it out versus trying to like slap somebody with it, you're not going to be able to generate as much force. So he's now losing, you know, X amount of torque just because he can't get into that rotation. Um, so for sure, Gary, he's going to be towing out to kind of get into a backswing and then going into his follow through, uh, again, it wouldn't surprise me if he's got to basically just have that leg move all as one unit to get into his follow through. So when you say towing out, do you mean from the outside in, having to trying to more embrace a kind of a draw kind of swing because the fade would be kind of cutting back inside? Yeah, it, it's it's not even it's not even it, it's more so just literally his stance addressing the ball. So gotcha. he might have to he might have to compensate. Um, what's a way to word it? He might have to compensate by just starting with his back toe out just to be able to get into his backswing. So it might cause him, you know, to go into a draw when maybe he doesn't want to. So I'm sure there's other compensations along that chain he's going to have to take. Right, because I, I think usually when you drop your back foot out in golf, it usually means you're trying to go with a lower trajectory shot. So mm-hmm. he, yeah, so he's going to have to essentially, it's going to be a, a, a completely different Tiger in the world. So like, he's... And Kyle, I'm sure you know this. He's probably the most creative player to ever hit a golf ball. The way he can move the ball with the way he kind of moved his body 
Like he was doing shots when the stinger comes out, like the stinger's always been a thing, but him to hit that low stinger is essentially him creating so much force down and pushing it back across that we're going to see something that's going to be completely different if he can't generate any kind of rotation and flex now, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's 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 definitely not going to be Tiger from two years ago, certainly not Tiger from 10 years ago. Uh, I'm just hoping we get to see Tiger again. Like that, that's right. the part I'm hoping for. Right, and that's right. I think I said to Kyle early on, I'm like, the most frustrating thing is at his age, and again, hopefully we do just get to see Tiger again, but this probably cements his career as a Ryder Cup player because it's going to happen this year and then two more years down the road. You know, yeah. He's going to be 47 years old coming off major surgeries. I think that's the biggest loss in the all. Obviously, Tiger being hurt is tough, but as a golf fan, it's going to be very frustrating to not be able to see him play in the Ryder Cup again. What um, A lot of negativity on this podcast. You got anything positive for us? <laughs> from me for tiger for tiger <laughs> for tiger good luck again if, there, if there's anybody <laughs> yeah. if there's anybody that can do it, it, it it's him guys the amount of stuff he's okay. overcome as far as that left acl as far as the other four back surgeries and then that moment a couple of years ago with him hugging his son after he won the masters i mean that was one of the coolest things i, I can remember seeing so if there's anybody that can do it it's it, it's going to be him right now he's got to get through you know kind of the tough part as far as hoping there's no infection, as far as hoping the surgeries do their job, as far as hoping that fasciotomy does its job. Once he's through the woods with that, I'm sure they'll take a look at soft tissue injuries, make sure everything else is kosher. And then once he's through the woods with that, then he's got to begin the actual orthopedic side of the recovery. So uh, again, if there's anybody that's got the, the dexterity to do it, it's him. So hopefully we can see him play again. Would you want to undertake the project? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, why not? Yeah. We'll get you guys in contact I, I, with Tiger's yeah. people. For, for sure, put my nice. people with his people. Yeah, yeah. Put, put my people with his people. We'll we'll fly out to his yacht and, and get it done, man. Because you are like a you're like Titleist, like certified PT guy, right? For sure. I know you yeah. have some type of Titleist thing. For sure. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the TPI, the Titleist Performance Institute. For sure. Cool. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you. If you do sustain a golf injury in South Jersey or Philadelphia, make sure you go into 3DPT to get your body back. And, and if I can add to that, Gary, sure. there's actually ways to help prevent an injury. So there's oh. different uh, screens that we can do on golfers to try to make sure that that whole chain is moving the right way so the, the dirt doesn't get swept under the carpet. So we can try to get somebody not only playing better, but also make sure they're playing injury-free. Is there screens on golfers to help fix a slice? Because if there is, I'd like to sign up for that. <laughs> I, I tried to sign up for it already. It didn't work. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm stuck on those websites. Fix your slice in 10 minutes. It never works. <laughs> and where can, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so we, we have five uh, clinics across South Jersey. Um, I, I treat out of the Medford office, um, but then we also have West Berlin, Haddonfield, Cherry Hill, and Tabernacle. Right over the bridge. Right over the bridge. 3dpt.com. That's where we are. I'll give a personal testimony. I don't know if this is a HIPAA violation, Ken, but Ken treated me right after I was done with college lacrosse. I had put my body through hell since like what? I played college football. I mean, I'm sorry, I played high school football, high school lacrosse, college lacrosse. And I think I came to you with just a mess of the back. I'm pretty sure you said I had the stiffest back in the world. You had a stiff back, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that back feel now? That's still pretty stiff, but I got 3B, 3DPT taking care of it all the time. There you go. <laughs> when you marry into it, it's nice to have a physical therapist in the home. Absolutely. It's like having the lawyer and the police officer. And uh, Nice for me, not so great for her. Be like, hey, I know you just worked eight hours. Can you fix my back? Yeah. <laughs> and she just growls and does it. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so if, you, if you're in the area, Philly, New Jersey, South Jersey, Central Jersey, North Jersey, go to 3D PT. I might come to you. I got a, I got a shoulder issue. I got I to gotta get fi figured out. Right, come on over, buddy. We'll take yeah. a look for sure. All right, cool. All right, thanks, Ken. Thank you very much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. All right, welcome back from the corniest award show we've ever had. Let's talk about uh, NBA Top Shot. It's shot, not shop. I want to keep calling it Top Shop because you're shopping for things. Um, are you guys, like, just heavily invested in this thing at that at this point? Because I, I, I've decided I'm sitting this one out. It has no, like, I'm not going to call it stupid, even though I think it is. I just decided I'm sitting this one out. I think I'm the only person that hasn't made money on Top Shot right now. Okay. I have a Kendrick Dunn card that I bought for $40. Just, you know, liked it, like the highlight and everything. And it has, it's actually decreased in value. Oh, 
that's a bad look. It seems like everyone's making money and you're the one guy who's not. <laughs> I'm the only one. Well, that's the thing though. I got to get Kendrick Nunn on the platform. I feel like this is the biggest pump and dump scheme ever. Like all the guys are getting on Top Shot. They're like, follow me on Top Shot. And it's like, yeah, of course they're pumping it up because they get paid off of it because the NBA owns it. So they must get a certain percentage from being in the Players Association. So I'm like, where is this? Like there's no... There's well, no the value. problem with the the problem with the pump and dump theory I don't I don't like subscribe to is that the NBA owns this. So here's here's what I think you're getting into. And PJ, I, I want to actually get your take on this because I think this is really hitting your generation the hardest. I think what you're getting into, if you go back to like the early 90s when Pokemon cards originally came out, there's what's called Shadowless Base Set One, right? Mm-hmm. Where these have a value to them and they're part of a limited release. So only these ones are out there. These are the only ones. It's same thing happened with Yu-Gi-Oh! when they released the first set of cards. You can only get them through these booster packs and it has a it has a serial code saying where you can get them. And then they came out with like duelist tins and they just devalued the rare cards. So oh. here's the thing. I think right now what you're seeing is the cards that are out there are valuable because they're in a limited release and they're only out there for now. What's mm-hmm. going to happen is this is going to gain so much steam and they're going to start being like, okay, everyone wants the LeBron block shot. Let's release a thousand of them, like, like a premier highlight or something or a limited edition. And essentially what it does is just drives the value down. So the ones that you're getting now, like yours should only go up in value. Like I know it's going down now, mm-hmm. but it's if, if it's an original release in the first month, it should go up. That's where card values always are. Just like rookie cards. It's the initial printing of them. Like yeah, that's, I mean. Couldn't, but couldn't you, like, so I agree with what you're saying. Like if they wanted to just pump and put in a thousand of them, but couldn't you argue that there's so many highlights? Like first of all, yes. They, but it's like, it's what's going to be valuable to the consumer. Like, why do you think Charizard's so coveted? It's because they only made a certain amount in that style. And that's why they're so valuable. No, There's not, been thousands of reprints. A lot of people I'm sold theirs. A lot of people like ruined theirs right. too. Mm-hmm. Like I know I did. It's like the Honus Wagner baseball card, right? There's like. Well, the Honus Wagner baseball card is so valuable because it's so hard to find. There's like 60 of them, right? Yeah. Some, well, like, yeah, and like one's that. in the Hall of Fame. And the yeah. and the, the Mickey Mantle rookie card was was a big one because kids used to just put them in their bicycle spokes and just. Well, one of the biggest the- one of the biggest keys is the Ken Griffey rookie card. Ooh. Like, there's a whole scandal around it where like they they pumped it up so much and that card's basically useless now. Mm-hmm. There's a whole documentary about it on H on uh, Netflix. They said like how like cards have just fallen off the face of the earth. Because how they over manufacture them. Yeah. But this is this is gonna happen with Top Shot. So like I think like if you get the ones now, they're just going to be more valuable than the ones that come out, let's say in six months. No, agreed. And it, it also does combine the two uh fastest growing niches right now, cryptocurrency and trading cards. Like trading cards will have a peak yeah. at one point. Like they are going but, to but trading cards have been around for so long. But they went away for like you couldn't even sell tops and upper deck. Five years ago. Now, so here's here's the thing with collectibles, though, Kyle. Like collectibles will always have someone who has a sentimental value to them, and then it's trying to monetize the sentiment, right? The top like that's box, right. And the the weird like this is it's brilliant in its own way because they're they're doing it with a di- like it costs them no money to manufacture them. It's probably a bunch of guys in a room that's just like clipping it and then putting a certain per- just putting a certain thing on it and saying, okay, you just can't be resold somehow. Like giving it a code that means, hey, yeah, this is actually a moment. Not like, because it, what stops me and you from going out and making like Water Boys moments where we just clip moments and start selling them? Like, because anyone could do this. Like, I'm telling you right now, in, in, in less than two months, Barstool will be selling moments hmm. and they would be dumb not to. It could be, no, it's cool. It could be like a new. Our moms would buy so much yeah. moments. Yeah, I, I mean, my mom might be the only one, but Mike from yeah. KOP and our parents would be the only ones buying. <laughs> could buy Gary's Rant. We could sell Gary's yeah. Rant. Yeah, we'll see, that might go for some. I mean, someone might moment. want that. Yeah. So uh, basically, the, the, the longest we've ever gotten into a segment, we're actually going to snake draft moments we, we wish. Well, well, yeah, before we do that, though, I actually want to get like PJ's takeaway okay. because I like told him I was going to let him talk, and then I didn't because I went on a rant about we trading do that cards, a lot. which I do that a lot to you. Um, but like, what, seriously, I, this, this has to be like the talk of your entire college house right now, right? Um, yeah, we actually, Kyle was on this first and I saw when you guys talked about what he was on this first Monday, right? So we're talking about this last night and then we're just like, we're playing around that. We almost bought a Chris Boucher card. It was like $58. I think now it's around the same thing, but like, it's That's interesting. The fu- sorry to cut you off, Peach. That's the funny thing though. Cause Gary, there's no chance you know who Chris Boucher is. No. I don't even know. Who I don't Chris even know who the guy you own is. 
Kendrick hey, Nunn. Yeah. Chris Boucher is fifth in the league in blocks per game at 2.4. But like that's <laughs> it's you know, it's okay. Like, the point is the point is it's interesting because it's like my, my one roommate's cousin texts him this morning and he's like, Hey, cards drop at 12 PM, mm-hmm. right? You get a pack. There's a special prism card. There's a special card in that pack that the pack's a hundred dollars, by the way, that is selling on the market for $700. So if you're lucky enough to buy this a hundred dollar pack, right? You're basically, your value is already, you're going to make money because those packs are selling or that. Yeah. Until they, card, until they put that many packs out. That's the problem. Like it, this is the I, like, guys, like, Let's all let's all be fair here. This is all simple economics. This is just going to become supply and demand. If there's a low supply and there's a high demand, the value goes up. This is this isn't yeah. like this isn't groundbreaking. Yeah. It's just but it's how long the they're way be they're doing it is genius. Like this well, is yeah. someone's going someone's going to make a lot of money on this, and just like everything else, a lot more people are going to lose a lot of money on this. It's just like go back to GameStop. Not a lot of people made money on that. A lot of people lost money on that. Unless you held, baby. Well, they're, yeah, now it's going back up. Going the up. problem is, like, you got to be able to find the trend. Mm-hmm. Like, it, well, I, it's, it's, it would, it's the most impressive thing to do, know about this stuff early. They'll do the one-of-one one cards where it's, like, LeBron's block on Iguodala, and it'll be, like, and yeah, I don't know, Garrett, how much you know about cards. It's, like, you have, like, your basic cards, then you have your inserts, and then you have, like, your, your green parallel, and you have your silver parallel and your blue parallel cards. It's, it's weird. It's, like— Are I, these all just Top Shop things? I, when no, it comes these to like are, the, uh, like, Panini. What the hell is a panini? Like panini's you mean, big, like a like big the card. nice sandwich that's like <laughs> it's a big card manufacturer. Oh, okay. I think I was gonna say like if you like top, like if you're like talking like problem is like I ne- I got into baseball cards for a little while, but my dad was like these are a waste of money. Just stop doing it. And then he was like, wow, I should have never done that because now this kid's way too into Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> but I've always gotten to like trading card games where like you can actually play with them. And I guess that's always been my thing. Yeah, you can't play with moments. You can't, but it's. I think it's always the factor of I have Unless this you're moment. Kinky. You don't have this moment. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like I, I do have that moment. It's called YouTube. Yeah, like that's Instagram? that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the. I understand. Part. It's it, that's that's just the greatest argument. To this like I can just go look this up. Unless the NBA takes it all away and monetizes it. Ooh. I mean, baseball is basically doing it. Baseball's like, no, you can't watch any of our content unless we're putting it out. That that'd be interesting if they if they ended up like taking all their highlights off of YouTube. It'd be stupid in the long run because you do it would want be to be very stupid because they've fans, built this but. global brand and then they would basically exile anyone who doesn't have a steady income. So should we finally get into our segment? <laughs> yeah, we can finally talk about it, but I, I wanted to explore it more because like, it's not, I don't want anyone to think I like think this is like the dumbest thing in the world. I think it's genius. It's just like, I'm, I'm sitting this one out. Well, yeah, let's do our top shot moments because. Uh, so explain the segment. Yeah. So we're going to do a snake draft of, Oh, moments we wish we could own. Um, so take I'm going to let you guys take start. Take with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, take my, yeah, take mine with a grain of salt. All mine are going to be pretty funny, I hope. Peach, uh, you go first, brother. I'll go two, right, and you I, go three. I'm going to go one that I think, like, I don't know if a lot of people would want to own, but the Trevor Booker, you know when there's .3 seconds left, and I'm going to, like, do the thing, and he just tips it up like wow. that, and he's not even looking at the basket? Yeah. I would love to own that because I don't think there's anything else like that in NBA history that is that. And I think that'd be really valued. Okay. Uh, that would probably go for like 250000 somehow. And it's Trevor Booker. It's probably more money than Trevor Booker made in his career. But that's a very unique one. I wasn't expecting that one yeah. from you. Um, my, my first overall pick, Malice at the Palace. I mean, I don't even need the whole Jermaine I don't even need the whole highlight. I just need Jermaine O'Neal sliding into that fat turtle from Entourage guy, that looking guy, and just with a right hand that would have killed that man if he never slipped on the sprite. That would be an all-time an all-time moment. That one probably would, would break records. Okay. My first one is going to be when Rudy Gobert touched all the things <laughs> right before he tested positive for COVID. That's the first one. Very moment memorable. Very yeah. memorable. That would be the biggest asshole in the world. Just gets paid a ton of money. And then my second one is going to be MCW accepting his Rookie of the Year award. Oh, yeah. You know PJ thought he was the next coming. I bet you both did. I know. Hey, I was always you, on the trade MCW train. Greatest rookie you were debut in NBA history. Greatest rookie debut. In it. It's never good. It's the only thing he's got. I'm Didn't they go out and beat this. the Heat or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Triple the greatest double. rookie debut in NBA history. Like it's there's no doubt. There's the no guy is such a fucking dime a dozen now too. It's hilarious <laughs> that this guy won rookie of the year. 
Um, my second one, the uh, the MJ switch hands layup in midair. It's just, okay. it's might be the most athletic feat of all time. Um, if you want to say so, sure. I, I do say so. It's Yeah, that's fine. As a guy um, who could never do that, if you gave him a million tries, I always do accept. I always do uh, enjoy that moment. I always try and think of like the most athletic thing I've ever seen, but I would, I don't know. I would say like the Alshon Jeffrey catch in the Super Bowl was more athletic than that. Hmm. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Peach? Um, I liked Gary's pick of like uh, the rookie of the year press conference. I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Durant's. You the real MVP. You the real MVP. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I would go for some money. And then if I actually had to like pick a play, um, I don't know if Gary would know this one off the top of his head, but Steph Curry against the Clippers where he's just dribbling it behind the back in between his legs, the three defenders, is, yeah. is might be the greatest like move I've ever seen. And he just pulls up for three and he just nails it. Like it single, was the greatest move I've ever seen. Single-handedly like murdered the Clippers franchise. Yeah. Like after it was that, unbelievable. Like, all of them got yeah. traded. Um, my so last one team is... That uh, team that wins nothing. <laughs> hey, Chris... Chris Paul, all-star gear. Yeah. You congratulate him. He's the him? king of not winning in the playoffs. <laughs> Listen, they would have won that one year if he didn't get hurt. I'm just yeah. saying. That's all. And if the queen had balls, she'd be the king. That's true. Um, uh, then my last one is security footage of J.R. Smith throwing the hot soup at Damon Jones. Okay. I don't know what that story is, but anything involving J.R. Smith. I, uh, do you, I, I actually have a question for you guys. Do you think hot soup might be the greatest weapon? Like if you're getting robbed by someone with a gun, have you ever like burned your mouth on hot soup before? Like if, if yeah, I had but hot like, soup in my hand, ready to throw it at you and you're trying to rob me on the train, I win. Yeah, but I would argue that I just boiling water would be better because it's hotter and more accessible. But it's more, it's and you more accessible, but who brings a pot onto the train? Like you got to well, love a pot. Like I just have- well, when, Where are you going to get, like are you going to like Madison Square Garden underneath where they have like restaurants and stuff? Selling well, soup? I mean, Say I got some banh mi and I got some uh, and I got some soup with it. It was my my uh, what's the, what's the soup? What's the noodles called? Pho. Pho. Noodle. Yeah. Uh, See, okay. I got some pho with me. It's easier to pho. conceal. It's is that that hot grow. though? Yeah. Pho. Pho can be hot. It's soup. It's pho. It's a uh, real. Yeah, but there's a ton of noodle. It's like the, I think you want like more of like a like a hot clam chowder would be good because it also will stick to you. There you go. Another soup. Like it won't it, fall it, off as fast. You want you want more of a creamy hot thermos? soup. You want it like Game of Thrones when they burn that guy in the first season. Like that kind of soup. Ooh, that's that's hot gold. Yeah, no, they yeah they burn hot gold on him. Okay, well, soup is. I think soup's that that hot too. Okay. Soup is a good well, weapon. I mean, it's not a bad weapon. Soup in a water gun? No, see, that would just. I think you would melt the plastic if it's that hot. Eventually, mm-hmm. you'd melt the plastic. Right. Plus, if you it would just have to be broth. This is. Oh, going I guess down I, I guess I am really saying broth, not not soup. Yeah, I mean, once you start adding like. All this, all the noodles. It really kind of dilutes how hot it is because you can just shake those puppies off. So hot my last broth. one's the uh, yeah, my last one's the Pistons walking off the court in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bulls. It's a good one. And they just bail. The NBA's, got so, the NBA's got so many great moments. Oh, yeah. The greatest team it. of all time. Like the one Bad where like took uh, Chris Paul with the Rockets and they thought that they were like going to go into a secret tunnel to go fight the Clippers. Like I would love to have that on the card. Ooh. Gilbert Arenas bringing in the gun. I mean the AI step over. Yeah. AI practice. What about just like the AI? Yeah, I was gonna say the AI practice. The Reggie Miller choke good. job would be great. Like, there's so many honorable mentions that would be good. I really, I'm really sad that our listeners never really were around for the uh, MJ documentary, and you just, you just loving the the Bad Boy Pistons, like you playing the the heel that podcast. Yeah, the Bad Boy Pistons are the best. The most I will boring go back team and, ever. I will go back and watch that that 30 for 30 a thousand times just bad boys love that 30 for 30 yeah, those cool. games are like 88 to 76 in the final yeah it's when boring. basketball was great those <laughs> boring Gary, Dude, Gary. You, i don't even want to hear it you've literally said i can't watch an nba game the product's so bad i've heard you say it i know i know but i think i, I think i'd rather watch the 2020s version of i'm telling you right now if you had a bunch of guys beating the living shit out of each other you'd have more fun than watching a bunch of guys yuck it up and raunching threes yeah, but beating the shit out of each other and, and having games that are 134 to 120, I would rather that than having there was, Yeah, but like the thing about it, like you guys don't you guys don't you guys don't love the mid range game, all right? That's all uh, you want to say. No one does. Three's well, more than two. Hey, yeah. ask Daryl Moore. Fundamentals. Ask Tim Duncan about it. Wait, Gary, you're a big uh you really reminisce with uh Bill Lambeer, I'm guessing. You really feel a connection to him. Oh yeah, me and Bill Lambeer are boys. Man. I asked John Barchick for a uh, Bill Lambeer jersey for Christmas. He never got it for me. Cool. Oh. 
I've been st- I'm still hot in the streets for a Bill Lambier. I told you about that website. DHB. Yeah, man. I you know I told you I need an assistant. Okay, we got a new segment for you presented by PointsBet. Go to pointsbet.com or download the app. We'll put, enter promo code Waterboys. It's W O O D E R B O Y S for up to a $250 match. This is going to be the uh, Nikki Sirianni. Oh, that's a lock of the week. I think PJ is going to be providing the lock because for this he week. dances on all our graves. What's your lock, Peach? Yep, real simple. We're all in on the Sixers this year. I'm not just going tonight. I'm not just going the next game against. I don't even know who we play at the top of my head. I should know that against the Cavaliers. Not just going next game against the Pacers and the Jazz. We're sweeping our way four and zero to the All Star break. Parlay all those games in a row. I don't even think you can do that. Maybe you can. Parlay, though. I don't even know if we'll be favored against the Jazz at home. Parlay all of them. Make some money. 4 no to the All-Star break. Best record in the Easter Conference. Let's go win a championship. So, wait. You gave a lock of something you can't even do. Yeah. Well, take tonight. And then if that hits, right. take the next game. And then so if that he, hits, take the see, next game. See, he just loopholed you. Because we yeah. told him he could have one lock. And he's like, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it locks in a row. So you have to take all four of my locks. If you, could just parlay all four of the, if you could parlay all four of those six games, which. Here's, here's a bad word when you talk about gambling. If. Yeah. No one ever wants to hear I if, would win. Yeah, my lock is, oh, if this happens, my lock will win. Like, no one wants to hear if. You want a lock, Kyle? Yeah. Tony Finau, top five this week. That's a lock. Okay. He'll be top five. Somewhere. I got him top twenty. Did you see uh, the Lightning play the second best or the best team in the in the in the league and uh, win by more than one and a half on the goal, on the puck line again? Who did they play? They played uh, the Canadians last night. Or no, the Canadians are definitely not the best team in the league. They just, fired, a, their just coach. fired their coach. Who yeah. did they play yesterday, Peach? Get it on yeah. that. Uh, the the Lightning. The Lightning played who? They beat the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are good. Yeah, they're like 14 and um, 2, 12 and 4. 12, Here's 5 and 1. 12, Here's 1. the problem with this year's uh, NHL. You don't play any of the other teams. So I like, know. I don't pay attention to them. I know. Like, I know the Lightning are good, but I, I don't pay attention to them. Well, you don't have to pay attention to them. You just cash cash checks. Hey, yeah. Islanders, Islanders Bruins tonight, Gare. Yeah, it's a big one. So, Islanders, one, stru- one step forward, two steps back right now. Very frustrating team. So basically, like, I guess you're taking our lock, right, Garrett? Because if boy over here, first game, yeah, I would illegal, take, I would take my lock. Pick. Second, yeah. he had no. He confidence. always tries to spin it to look at him. He's like, Sixers no, four no. and then also break best record in the East. I don't know if you can bet that. You can't bet. Can you I can't go on it. points bet and be no. like, hey, Sixers four and zero at the All Star break, best you, best record in the East. I want to. You bet don't get the that. you don't get the lines until like midnight for the next game. Right. Here, ready. No, let's try again. No, the you next lost six, your, the, you're not giving another lock. The next Sixers game that happens, oh, right? That he's not just Dallas Mavericks on the Cavaliers. Ben Simmons first basket. It's gonna happen. Call me back on it when it happens. Ben Simmons first basket. What are those odds going off at? You don't have them because you don't know. Like, you don't have them because I'm gonna predict it. Plus <sighs> seven fifty. It's actually not a terrible one. All right. Well, I feel like that's just simple research. You guys want to talk about Carson Hart? Who's Carson Carter? Carter? Oh, the most bad. I haven't watched a single. <laughs> yeah, he's regret- this year. He's not having a good year, bro. You have Carson Wentz on the mind so badly. You is he Carson no, Wentz? It's a is joke. That like the new thing. Oh, okay. The regression. Okay. okay. Well, is that going around in the Philly media? Oh yeah, that's the thing. Everyone's uh, calling him Carson Hart right now. Listen, listen, listen. We got no defense. We can't. I mean, he hasn't looked good. Anybody? The lights were in his eyes in Lake Tahoe. You know how many lights oh, were on that? Well, oh, let me tell you something. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little like information on these outdoor games. No one in the world has ever taken a great idea and just smothered it into the ground like the NHL has. Here's what you should do every year. Pick a Northeast, Midwest, or Canadian yeah. city, do it outside, and just rotate the people through and do one a year on New Year's Day and make it the Winter Classic. That's what was so much fun about it. They've just diluted the living hell out of it. I get it. It sells more jerseys and all that, but you can just do more jerseys. Do what the NBA does. If you're trying to do jersey sales, the NBA, they wear a new jersey every night. Just do more jerseys. It's fine. The regulations on jerseys are stupid. People will buy merchandise. The NHL has ruined a great idea. It's ruined. I have nothing else to say. I mean, I love I, – actually, the, probably the only games I do watch are the outdoor games. Like, I'll, I'll, not, I'll never miss a, a Flyers outdoor game. Right. It's just so, and, much, it's and so it, much more fun. And you can see it when it's – first of all, a January 1st game outdoor – you can see it from puck drop. The speed is a playoff game. They're playing yeah. it like a playoff game. It's they so pick much faster. It up. Exactly. Like, 
Dude, you had guys in t-shirts on boats watching a hockey game. Like you can't have you can't have good ice conditions. Like I don't even blame the Flyers for not being able to play well. And the Bruins are probably the best team in the world because they can play on slushy ass ice. Mm. They did they they won that game once they they showed up. Did oh, you see yeah. how cool they looked? I mean, that was pretty unreal. They had, like, you show up like it, you show up like you're in a hot tub time machine. You really can't beat them. But Exactly. Yeah, I mean, NHL. I love the NHL, but they are so Stupid! Like they're the, they're the worst. They do an awful job. Like they're they're getting close to baseball esque of marketing their game. They just lost the rights to their TV deal. Yeah, but they'll be on USA. Someone will pick them up. Maybe ESPN. So, I mean, great. If deal, ESPN though. picks them up, will you still think the dunk will be number one every day? Well, they will be. But the, the reason why ESPN doesn't talk about hockey is because they don't know. They have no. Well, there's no fan base for it. Well, there's also no reason to because it doesn't benefit them. They don't have the rights. That's why they don't talk about Big East basketball anymore either. That's true. But that's, you know what, that's the annoying thing. And I guess they've always had the, the rights to baseball, but like, I don't want to do this whole remember when, but remember when you used to be able to wake up and watch ESPN on like June 1st and see literally a highlight from every single game. The baseball night tonight was awesome. Dude, just regular, just regular oh, sports yeah, yeah. used to be great. I know you can just like go on the app and look at the highlight or you can like just go on Instagram and see the highlights. Like I keep up with the NBA just by going on House of Highlights. I'm like, oh, okay, they won. Like, this is the only way I keep up with them. True. Yeah, you don't but have to watch games anymore. I, I like the, the one of the best parts about Sports Center and how they built it with like Van Pell and Stuart Scott and Neil Everett were the funny things they said when guys were hitting home runs or making big plays. Like, you've taken away the personality from Sports Center. And that's, I think that's what I miss the most. It's all like just some social like awareness, talk about this. Will LeBron finally pass it? Is he better than MJ? Like, I don't want to hear that crap. Show me fucking sports. Show me sports. Show me the maybe, money. Maybe we'll start get our Gary, own network. Get Gary on ESPN. Show me some sports. Show me some sports. We're just yeah, doing what highlights. If, what if you just, yeah. What if we just did one? I mean, how many people are watching for, I guess people watch first take. I shouldn't say that, but like well, they a, do, but it's like, it's not like people watch first take. I don't know why they watch first take, but it's like people aren't watching ESPN. They're watching because House of Cowboys highlights. fans watching, have nothing to do. They're watching house of highlights. They're watching sports center, Instagram. They're watching, uh, Bleacher Reports, Instagrams. They're watching a, a bunch of other stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Like, I get a lot of news from Twitter and Instagram. There's no... It's well, there's no doubt about it. And it's it, it very much sounds like old man yelling at Cloud where I'm just like, hey, I just want an hour-long show where you can recap every single thing that happened. Because if you still had that, I'd watch it every day. PTI is great because it hasn't changed. Can anyone argue that PTI is not good? No, if I'm, if I'm there and I'm around it, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll, same thing with Around the Horn. Like there's certain things the you still Horn watch. has changed a little bit, but PTI has basically stayed the exact same thing. It's not as good when they're not on, but like, I mean, it's just annoying. I, I feel like, I feel like sports has like so heavily went to like, um, this is terrible to say, I'm not terrible to say, but I feel like they've so heavily went to the internet. Cause that's obviously like the next frontier. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I do wish like there was like, you could bring back some of these nostalgic feels and be like, Hey, give those sports center anchors a personality again and let them commentate on sports. Cause I think that's the allure of being a sports center anchor. Right. It is. I think it's also do, to do a shock value too, and, and keeping people's like attention span. Like I don't have an attention span. I have zero attention span anymore. But like, you, wh- what's the most awarded like things on like YouTube and TikTok and whatnot? It's like shock value. You're like, I want to know about more what this guy does. Like you, you don't know this guy, but I know, I know. Um, uh, PJ will get it. The Nelk Boys, they're probably the hottest thing on YouTube right now. These dudes go to like Colombia, Brazil. Like and just fuck around and do insane shit, and they've oh, got yeah. like five million subscribers on on YouTube and whatnot. Like a lot of is rewarded to like a dog and pony show kind of like shock value. You have your you have your sports anchors and whatnot, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I still love Van Pelt. Rosillo's probably going, but like Bill Simmons anymore. I don't listen to Bill Simmons. I used to listen yeah, to Bill but Simmons Van Pelt. Van Pelt. They also put him in a time slot where like yeah, a lot of people are probably up, especially with the West Coast, but like. It's not the same anymore. Like he, like he just him and Stewart. I mean, maybe it would, maybe it died when Stewart Scott died. Like it's just not the same now. I think it's a. Although, I think people want a reality show a lot of times. Stan and Neil are still very funny. Still very like, funny, but they're but they're in L.A. and I I, I just I, I watch if you Scott get up Pell. early enough. You, if we get up early enough, you catch him. Yeah, right. I also think ESPN Plus kind of killed all ESPN. Like you're gonna do you guys have ESPN Plus? Well, no. Let's mm-hmm. let's all be fair. Watch I Temple mean, Games. Sports Center is doing yeah. the right thing. They're they're doing the right thing. They're, going in the right direction it's just like sometimes i wish i like i think baseball tonight's gone still isn't it like they're not bringing it back 
I don't even it know. I, I, I disagree with you. I think ESPN is doing the right thing. I think they're doing good on the streaming services, but I think those numbers are gaudy because of Disney Plus and because of Hulu. I mean, you just sign up with... Well, I mean, when you're owned by Disney, you, you can make everything. mistakes for a little while because they print yeah. money. But like... I mean, but ESPN Plus, like besides Temple Games, I'm trying to think, what do I watch ESPN Plus? Well, for? they have US... They have the UFC shit. And okay, then, uh, I guess it's a little... I know, they, make, they make you pay for that. They have like pay-per-view through I ESPN know, but they're, they're supposed to be getting something else too. I forget what it is, but they're getting something else that's pretty significant. I, I, I heard it the other day, and I really wish I remembered it, but it was going to ESPN Plus next year, and I, I don't remember what it was. ESPN but Plus I'm has not some going, good art, like, articles. I'm not going for their, for their original content. Well, they content. stopped the magazine. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going for the original content. I'm not going for the Peyton Manning detail. I'm not going for the Kobe Bryant detail. I'm not going for um, – See, I like Peyton's places, though. Like, that's an enjoyable show. Okay. Well, I love I Peyton Manning. It. It's, it's a lot like podcasts where it's like – we were talking about this the other day, the I Am An Athlete podcast. How are, how are me, you, and PJ supposed to c- compare with Brandon Marshall? Who else is on it? Chad Johnson, Chad Fred Johnson. Taylor, and there's another guy, and I can't remember his name. I, I can never oh. remember his name, but. Or like I mean, yeah, the J.J. How- Reddick podcast, or. Um, yeah, like Stephen Jackson. Chris Long podcast. And, uh, Chris Long's podcast is amazing. It's great. Yeah. Pat McAfee. Well, I said like, this to you, and this is why like, you have to like, tip your hat to Barcelona again. It's like, no, they bet on their own personalities, and they built them into like stars. Yeah. And now everyone sees like, hey, this is money revenue and people who already have the money have the ability to start it with a better production value. So like, this isn't me complaining because this is just how it all works. But it's, you know, it it's definitely like, oh, we're never going to get the new voice in the room unless that new voice is going to come from like a YouTuber, uh, TikTok or, influencer. It I think like. it goes right back to the shock value of like, you have to get in front of people and you have to get yeah. in front of people by sometimes shocking people. Like, yeah, Howard, like no Howard, shame Stern. Howard Stern did it back in the day in the 90s. And that was like, insane for what he was doing back then and, and same with the guy uh debella debella was the same way and opie and anthony and, and all those guys it's funny too because we were talking about the sopranos before this and we were saying hey like this like, it's so built up if you watch it today it's it's no way as graphic or as Must vulgar yeah. as you know what game of thrones was like it's not as vulgar like there's not as, like i'm insane it's like it's still very good it's just it, it's not as cutting edge as you would think it was. I'm sure in the 90s or early 2000s when it was on, very cutting edge. Oh, yeah. Had chicks rotten Sibians. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I think the next, um, the next five to ten years, Philly's going to be really interesting. Once uh, Philly's impossible to figure out, man. Nah, it's not impossible to figure out. You can't think that. It's not impossible. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a free for all once Cataldi retires. So we're the most we're the u- most unique media market in the world. I, I I think I believe that. Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know where anyone. Someone's dying. Someone's dying for us. To, someone to take the ball and run after. It's gonna be us. We're gonna do it. All right. Is that the podcast? We can say we, that's the podcast. We just got right on the positive note. We did Tiger Woods. We did sports media. We did NBA Top Shot. My God, we went all over yeah, the place. I love this. We had a Rudy Gobert. Uh, moment, you know. I'd buy that Rudy Gobert moment. Who wouldn't buy that moment? Guy was I remember, man. I think people think he started the coronavirus. Like I would legitimately poll some people and be like, "Yeah, who started the he, coronavirus?" He did start the coronavirus. It's his fault. That bat had nothing to do with it. Him and Don Mitchell were like mad at each other. Like like Don Mitchell like, didn't understand yeah. that. Like probably a, everyone else in the Jazz organization probably had it too. But like, it was Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert just openly kissing people <laughs> because Rudy Gobert was over there just like touching things, like <laughs> making very much light of it. I, mean, I, I, like I get that. it. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm "Come sure on, Rudy Gobert didn't do anything." And it's it's like, so oh, funny shit. if you if he goes back and looks at it, he's probably like, "Shit." Oh yeah. <laughs> Page zero. Although he's paid zero. now. Rudy Gobert. He's, he's got a new nickname. The only thing he couldn't defend. Yeah. It's nickname is Patient Zero, or like mm-hmm. Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Well, he's so. about to win the Defensive Player of the Year again. He's like minus seven fifty. Who, Rudy Gobert? Hey, he's like minus seven fifty. Fa- he's gonna fa- take what? it from Ben, ben Simmons. Dude, yeah, throw the house on Ben Simmons. Then. They don't. They don't give it to. They don't give it to Forrest Peach. Exterior. They don't give it to um, defenders that don't you know block the play against play around the rim. Ugh, they give it to Kawhi the one year. Yeah, but it's also media. It's a media thing. And and, and here and this podcast, we don't need to talk about Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. Go birds. Go birds. The Winter Boys podcast was created and hosted by Gary Lay and Kyle Pagan with contributions from Jason Green, executive producer John Barchard, and our theme song is Telescope by the